0: Welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Dixie Cochran, here with Matthew Dawkins.
1: Finger licking good. And Eddie Webb. <laughs> not licking my fingers right now.
0: <sighs> good, good. Don't do that. I make some really weird noises on the podcast that would aggravate my <laughs> <plenty. laughs>
1: like, You have to edit out.
0: I would like that to not happen. <laughs> yeah, I know has to edit this episode, so I don't wanna I don't wanna <laughs> do it uh yeah anyway so this week we're going to be presenting the second and last of our gen con panels that we recorded Uh, this one is about community content and our various community content programs um i wasn't there for this so i can't speak much to it but i'm sure it'll be really
1: interesting to be fair none of us were at this one (laughs) you weren't at this one no i wasn't at this one either i i I was conflicted with another event so
0: who's on this panel
1: (laughs) It, it, um, it, it's it's uh, Matt McElroy, um, it's Travis Legg and a couple of other people that I've already forgotten.
0: Oh, good, good. Um, this is going to go it. really Pro- well.
1: Props to the people who we can't remember. <laughs> I'm sure you did a wonderful job.
0: I will. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, we have successfully uh, exceeded my intro from last week.
0: Do we have a sponsor yet, though?
2: Uh, not KFC. Despite Why not? all my efforts. I cannot get the colonel on board.
0: They have eleven herbs and spices.
2: I know, and that's too many for Onyx Path, apparently.
0: Do you know what my favorite <laughs> KFC fact is? What the KFC Twitter account only mm-hmm. follows eleven people, and it's the Spice Girls and six people named Herb or Herb. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's amazing
0: yeah no that's that that went around a while back as like a meme like someone screenshotted it and i'm like this is the best thing ever
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's subtle
2: marketing but we can appreciate it we would also appreciate your sponsorship kfc uh you know most of us don't eat at your restaurant because we don't necessarily like your food but, that doesn't mean... <laughs> but it doesn't mean we can't shill for you
0: oh my god <laughs>
2: Um, so and re- and restaurants might be a strong word, uh, eatery. <laughs>
1: Eddie,
0: Eddie, roll the panel. Just roll the yeah. panel.
1: Uh, go 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 go. I'm Rich
3: Thomas, CEO, founder, and creative director of Onyx Path. Um, mostly gonna let our operations manager, uh, that's me, Matt McElroy. Yeah, Calroy, how you want to pronounce it um, Depends on if you're talking about the Irish or Scottish <laughs> We have both But either um, uh, oh,
4: yes. I've been spearheading yeah. Community content sites i the oh, uh, operational director for Onyx Path Which includes our community content programs But I also run our convention presence uh, Retail relationships With Drive RPG and Studio 2 And Inverse Revolution and Redbubble And Astral Tabletop and Um, I'm not going to mention the other virtual tabletop I'm working with, because you guys didn't exist then.
5: Um,
4: But uh, part of my role is expanding our ability for fans to create content for their favorite games. Um, Several years ago I created DM's Guild. I don't think anybody's ever heard of that. Um, And I was like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't have to just be D&D. So we branched out into other games, including several Onyx Path properties. um, Canis Miner for Pugminer was our first community content program, followed by uh, Solarisian Vault for Scarredlands. and then we just recently launched the Story Path, Nexus, Story Path Nexus, which is going to be a collective of games. It started with Scion, which is debuting here at the show, um, and then we'll unlock more Story Path games as they're released. So Trinity, They Came From Beneath the Sea, Dystopia Rising, stuff I'm not going to mention yet. <laughs> will eventually get added to that program. That's those things become available for sale, then we start. Yeah, much like the, um, DM's, Guild, DM's Guild and Storytellers Vault, um, how new game lines were unlocked over time. We're going to do the same thing with StoryPath since they all use the same core system. It didn't make sense to have separate community programs for each game line. It does for Scarredlands and Pugmire because they're unique. Uh, Pugmire is its own variant OGL game. Scarlands is an OGL 5e game, but it's not part of DM's guild because it's still a campaign setting. So, um, we're basically going to nerd out about how awesome it is to create community content. I'm going to (laughs) call on a couple people, uh, and then...
6: Oh, I'm Crystal Mazer. I am a freelance writer, and, uh... Uh, game developer, and with Onyx Path, I worked with Chicago by Night, and I was part of several of the launches for community content.
4: So you did uh, Pugmire
6: first. Uh, and... no, I did Vampire.
4: No, I mean for community for Onyx Path. For
6: Onyx Path, yes, okay, yes. For Onyx Path, I did Pugmire first and Scion, and oh no, slowly involved and Scion. Yep. So yeah,
4: so you've done one of each.
6: Yes, yeah, I have done one so of so each. I have a. I'm starting to collect them all. <laughs> and, and
4: like she mentioned she also did some storytellers vault stuff for white wolf yep. and uh, working on something for dm's guild i
6: am i'm yeah. actually writing my wedding campaign
4: oh, that nice. I use
6: for uh uh proposing to my wedding party so That's that'll be cool. up there
7: Yeah. <laughs> then anyway
6: yeah. i'm gonna write it for for anybody that can do it and um I want to take a look at some of the um, sub-campaigns that you can donate to, because is there any quality campaigns on there? Or, uh, like, equality now? Or?
4: Trevor Project.
6: Trevor Project. Is on there? So there will probably be a portion that will go to that, so. So you said equality. Yes. I thought you said quality. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. No, <laughs> Equality. Yeah.
4: Um, because of what you misheard, Extra Life is going to start vetting all the charity projects on DM's Guild oh cool well that means there'll be a lot less so it's cool that they're getting involved but they're going to be super restrictive as to which ones they can uh, so I'm torn uh, on it I'm like it's community content just let people give you money
5: (laughs) right
4: (laughs) but yeah one of the great things about community content all the different programs is authors can choose how to split their royalties out Um, whether that goes all to them or some of it gets donated to a charity or collaborative projects like Cage. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's really neat that we've built the tools that allow the authors to do that. Um, Travis does a lot of author splits among multiple different projects. Uh, You want to nerd out about Vengeance
3: a little bit?
5: Yeah, um, so it was about, I guess it was, Was it last year at this con that we were talking very, very loosely about the idea of... Because there have been a lot of community content programs that are collaborations, but none that were uh, like a a narrative through line, like a collaborative campaign book. When it's all said and done, you've got Curse of Strahd, basically. Um, And so Matt put the bug in my ear about that last year at Gen Con. At Midwinter, we started talking like plot ideas for it, and then I pulled together... About 20 people that have all worked either DM's Guild, some that had only worked in the Silver Vault or in Canis Minor, and said, "Let's I have a I have a first uh, adventure and a last adventure. I need you guys to fill in the middle, <laughs>
3: um,
5: and and kind of make it make sense. Um, and then we wound up bringing in a bunch of people for. Uh, like side quests and whatnot, and additional materials. So when it's all said and done, it's going to wind up being like a, it's probably going to wind up being about 300, 350 pages of content all told. And so we were able to roll it out in such a way that now uh, we started last month and through right up until about, I think, last week of August, first week of September, there will be two products coming out every week for this ongoing community content campaign. So it's yeah,
4: and what I love about, like, some of the, the side quests is, even if you haven't played through all of Vengeance so far, you right. can take that quest and drop it into your current game, and then you can come
5: back, and... Right, and you don't ever have to... Like, they all have... All the side quests have something that is useful to you in the main campaign, um, but none of them, like, require you to have, to have done anything or to follow... Along with it, some of the main adventures might be a little weird to just go dropping in the middle of your Forgotten Realms campaign, for example. <laughs> that might <laughs> that might require a little bit of narrative massaging to pull that off. But awesome! Yeah, it's yeah, been I'm it's just, been going you know, pretty good. The response seems to be pretty good. So yeah,
4: the reviews have been really solid, and uh, people running it have been posting about how much fun they're having. So and it's good. To yeah, see. it's really yeah.
5: cool to see. It's always good to see. Yeah, and knowing that. Um, because uh, I run a Scarred stream that we have a relationship with Astral Tabletop on there. As we were designing, and we had Ann Gregerson did most of the cartography for the campaign. So as we were designing, I started looking at, well, how can we make sure that we're delivering all these assets so that they're seamless with Astral? And so, like with the first adventure, it's set in a burning building, and there are time markers for if you don't get this fire put out, this is what the building's going to look like in, mm-hmm. you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever. So I was able to create that in such a way that when you down, when you buy the book, you get all those astral maps so you can layer it out real easy and just start clicking, like, you know, turn on each layer as time's mm-hmm. going by and they're sitting around <laughs> trying to figure out how to put out a burning building. It's still on fire, and it's getting worse. Look, see? Stop talking. Start talking. <laughs> One of the things I love about the whole vengeance
4: Concept is now we have a living example of how to make an ongoing campaign in any of the community content programs. Right. Uh, so I'm going to be using that as a teaching tool for Storytellers Vault and Scion and other campaigns. Um, somebody's already talking about doing one for Dystopia Rising where it's a, a campaign.
5: Hey.
4: Um, yeah, they're like, when are you going to unlock that? I'm like,
5: well, let's publish the book first. <laughs> right. It's a little bit <laughs> A little hard to... Yeah, at the end, Rick shows
4: up. <laughs> <laughs> something you're trying to tell us? <laughs> I wasn't going to announce any. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we're all having a ton of fun with these programs, and uh, we're basically here to answer questions. And if you don't have questions, we're going to keep nerding out about our favorite community content stuff. So,
6: so um, as a writer, just as, um, if you are interested, find the Facebook groups for all of these. And if you're not, like, if you are a writer, get an editor. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, you can post on there, hey, I have this written, I need an editor. And you'll find people out there that are willing to work with you for... Uh, payment or whatever the case may be um there's lots of um uh stock images and stuff that you can purchase off of all of these um as long as you follow what the what they want you to put in there um and layout um i am not a layout person and i've stumbled through in like word and it looks okay (laughs) so and and you can always do that to get you started and then move into stuff like um the um any of the free Provisits, Scribus, Scribus, InDesign. We have templates like
4: for um, at least Word and InDesign for all of the three programs. And I know somebody is creating a Scribus template for Slayer's Ball right now. Uh, they're going to put that up as a free.
6: Yeah. Thing. So, so if any of those are hang-ups for you, where you think it's it's very daunting. Um, you can get through it, or you can find somebody to help you through it. Um, the communities have been really supportive with each other. So,
4: Yeah, I love the collaboration efforts. Um, some people are doing royalty splits, well, I'll do layout for X amount. Other people are doing trade for services. I'll edit your thing if you lay out my thing. And that's the awesome part of community content is watching people create those collectives and those deals happen. Um, so it's been really cool to see, and we pushed a little bit of that in the beginning, but a lot of it's been organic growth on mm-hmm. its own, and we're starting to make lists of, oh, this person, these 10 people are really good at layout, except this one has so many books they're not going to be done until you know, 2025, <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe go to somebody else. Um, but uh, yeah, I love, the, I mean, that's the whole part of the community, is right. that yep. collaborative effort. Um, but yes, there are Facebook official discussion groups for DMs Guild, Storytellers Vault, and the Onyx Path Community Content Collective. I think I missed they a C in there Some, right. some, right. some yeah. along those lines. You, if yeah. you search
6: that, you should find something that's similar. That's yeah. the group.
3: the Onyx Path Community, you'll find it. Yeah.
4: Yes, I did that kind of on purpose. I wanted to see if somebody called me out for alliteration. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was another thing. Use of alliteration. Yeah, similar to uh, having StoryPath Nexus cover all of the StoryPath games, uh, I had requests for Facebook discussion groups for Canis Minor and Solercy Involved, and then we were announcing like that. We hadn't said yet we were going to be announcing the story path and I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want to admin 17 different groups, so I'm just going to make one for all of the Onyx Path mm-hmm. community content. And that's worked out amazingly well so far.
5: Well, And a lot of these... There's a lot of cross-pollination in terms of not only creators that are active in the communities, but, um, you know, the difference is... Pugmire is its own OGL engine system, but at the end of the day, it's the OGL. Right, like, so you can... um, and I put up a like a conversion guide that I worked on with Eddie up there to make it a little easier for people. Yeah. But it really is just a matter of getting your head around terminology. So having those cross pollinate makes a lot of sense because yeah. they're similar resources, and if you learn if you know one, you can learn the other one pretty pretty easily well, and pretty and quickly. I will also admit, from
4: a marketing perspective, if someone's really enthusiastic about Pugmire, someone who hasn't played it yet can feed on that. Enthusiasm. And That means I sell more books, so I, I'm willing to admit <laughs> getting the community nerd out about their
3: favorite things. Had a, well, an extra benefit. I, I, yeah. I, I I hope nobody thinks that you know we're all really excited like on an ox path level like oh I did this community community stuff just because it, I, we all love each other. <laughs> <laughs> we do, and it's great. But there's, you know, there's, there are a lot of uh, a lot of really good reasons to do this from our perspective as a business. There are kinds of products that we're never going to do. Either they're too small, we can't devote the time to them, or they're a very specific subject matter, like your neighborhood by night, which it's probably really cool, but <laughs> we don't. We just generally don't do those things, like we did Chicago. We're probably going to back off of like doing another. City book, but if we do, it'll be another really giant, big theme one. These projects are the ones that people want to do. People want them, uh, but it only need you only need a few people to want them. You don't have to justify like we do. Oh, how did why did we spend all that money in Six Guys? Yeah, like I would love it if somebody wrote up
4: uh, for Canis Minor Mud Town for Pugmire as as a village. Oh, in the in the setting, it's not a book we would publish. Because we're exploring things like Pirates of Pugmire as a larger concept, but I think as a community content project, uh,
3: a specific location as a, as a mm-hmm. kickoff point for adventures mm-hmm. would be very mm-hmm. cool. Well, that's the other thing, is because if we put that out, but to, now that's official, right? So that's, that's it, that's the way the world has to be, and Eddie's really reluctant to map everything out. He wants people to come up with their own things at home, and this is another opportunity for that You you put it out, and it's not official, but it's there, and people can use it in their home things. And so, the the, sort of the the, the purity that we require for for official stuff doesn't get bothered. And the fun is there, available for people to have. Yeah, and one of the
4: great things about community content is you can do variations. You could yep. do variant ranger classes for that are Scarred Land specific. For right. example, if in your particular game the five E core ranger it doesn't really work in your Scarland setting, community content allows you to make Scarred, Gelspad specific ranger classes. In the and, and, hmm? No. But, yeah, right. So they have those guys, area. yeah. but people can take that and make unique twists or additional Mm -hmm. variations of that. Um, There's somebody working on a ranger who is exclusively bird-focused, so falcons and other birds of prey. Right. Um, And because they picked a region where that kind of group has evolved and they're training new rangers to do that thing, and then you drop them into the desert and they die horribly, which is
5: entertaining. (laughs) Always fun. But... Yeah.
3: really you did it to a whole party.
4: Yes, my uh, Scarredlands game ended with a TPK. <gasps> Congratulations! Nice. And <laughs> I warned them out of character. I had two NPCs warn them <laughs> that attacking the Elder Necromancer and his army is a bad idea. There's only four of you,
5: and they did it anyway. Can't save what? everybody. No. Nope. Some- so- some people like to go out as a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary cautionary
4: <laughs> Yes, and after it was done, uh, they learned that his legend had increased. Right. Because you now, as a cautionary tale, heroes should not attack him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they never posted before about that. <laughs> So, yes, so essentially, their legend added on to him. As yeah, they, as they were adding. They made to him more, more. They army. made him more frightening instead of their tale more heroic. It's nope. yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um,
6: <laughs> one of the other things, um, as, as advice, is that you have to wrap around your, your head that this isn't canon. So, if there is a city book, and you're like, "Oh, I have an idea for the city book," and you see it's out there, you're like, "Oh, I can't do that." That's not the case. Yeah. You can totally do, uh, there are like t- three Madison books, um, two Possibly. or three. Yeah, there, there are multiple Madison by night books and there are multiple, several other city books because everybody has a different viewpoint of the city. Everybody has, comes from a different area. You can highlight a different area or highlight something else that's happening in the city or even go and do something completely different. Um, Don't be afraid to take a look at, you know, what's out there and see, okay, maybe I can build upon this, maybe I can contact this person and we can collaborate and create a second book for this.
4: Yeah, like if Crystal did the Mudtown book, Travis could do an NPC connection, like a bunch of NPCs that live in, or set up shop in Mm -hmm. Mudtown, and you could build a collaborative project that That way, Right. and neither of you would be competing with each other, because... If you both wanted to do Mudtown, well, here's two ways of doing
5: that. Well, and that's one place where I think across the board, the community content programs, um, the creators in them have been uh, wildly, bizarrely, unpredictably respectful with one another. It's been weird to see because I never would have... If you would told me it was going to go this way, I never would have believed you. But in terms of like, oh, somebody else has put out X book for a location... I'm not going to just grab the material out of there as I like and change what I don't and put up a new one. I'm going to send them an email. We're going to talk and we'll do something together. It's been very collaborative. People have been super respectful, above and beyond what's required by the programs, pretty much across the board. I don't think I've ever seen anybody even like feel like they they got you know shafted or ripped off by somebody else's work. It's always it's always been uh, very very respectful. Uh, like I said, beyond what the programs require required because once you put your content out there, it's part of the pool people can draw from it. Right. You know, that's part of, the, that's part of the arrangement. I think the only but,
3: warning there is that every community content site is different. Yes. yes. Right. As, so what's allowable and what's not allowable for yes. each line can be different. Right. So you want to make sure you check all that stuff before you, you you work your heart off and then find out that, wait a minute, we said specifically you couldn't do that.
5: Right. You said no, <laughs> my <town book>. Never. <laughs>
3: Because actually, Eddie's yeah, writing it right now, and you know, blah, 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 or whatever, whatever right. reason, Because we can yeah. basically have we can make up any reason we want uh, in terms of like we don't have to have a, a you know a gameable reason. Well, we and just go nope, this is the thing we don't want. Yeah, for example, uh, as far as players involved, we're not unlocking
4: Termana as, as part of the setting yet. Um, whereas, like on DM's Guild, they've got Forgotten Realms, Eberron, Ravenloft, and Ravnica, but no Planescape and no
3: Dark Sun. And there's, there's, a, there's a million yeah. reasons why something could be locked or unlocked uh, you know, based on prior commitments, based on licenses, all, you know, I mean, there's, there's things that are happening. That, you
5: know, plans or the possibility of you know, forming plans yeah. down the road. Well, and I think, I haven't, I've seen it rarely, but it, it happens. I think sometimes people engage these uh, programs and they... Assume that that grants them some level of ownership over things it does not. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you're going into the house of you're, you're being invited into the house of the people that own these IPs. Yep. You know, to to play around in their trophy rooms. You know, what I mean, but they get to choose which trophies you can touch and which trophies you can't touch. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs>
4: the, the biggest example is the OGL for Fifth Edition and the DM's Guild licenses are different from each other. Right. They grant you different rights, different things. And the people using them sometimes get them confused. Sure. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they think one grants a thing that the other doesn't. And, like, we published Scarred Lands under the OGL because it's our campaign setting. It doesn't fit right. under DMS Guild because you can only use Wizards' uh, settings and only a few of them. Right. Um, so, But we wanted to put our own setting out so we went with OGL. And that applies... Uh, across the board, like StoryPath Nexus is not an OGL for the StoryPath system. Maybe someday we'll go that route, but that's not what the this is program is. Right. We want people to make cool science stuff,
5: oh. not publish their own game using that engine. And One of the things that I've, that I've found in conversation that seems to be most effective at explaining that split to people with the OGL versus the DMs Guild um, once people understand that when you grab a player's handbook, there's no open game content in it. Right. Despite the fact that the same words that appear in that player's handbook appear in the SRD, those words in the player's handbook are not open game content. In the SRD, they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I tell writers, even working on you know for higher stuff for Scarredlands, I tell them you know. You can you, you want to reference whatever you want to reference looking at system stuff, that's fine. You need to open up a copy of the SRD from yeah. the Wizards of the Coast website and look and say, is this in here? Because if it's not, then you need to write something that's either based on it or created out of whole cloth. Right. Well, can't we use this spell from Xanathars? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Go look at this. But you can... Uh, get into like the third edition SRDs and start doing your own Variations front conversions, conversions and things like that. But you have to be able to trace that chain back. Yeah, the Blood
4: Sea conversion right. guide yeah. uh, it's based on a third edition book. To probably probably right. Be. Exactly. You had a question? Uh, just a, an addendum, like with the um, rules, if
7: they're updated, which happened with Pugmire, there was a, like a small like mm-hmm. update. Like, okay, we're going to lock this down. Like, go back and read the frequently asked questions regularly. Right yes because there might be an update, it might go out on social media, people might not see it, but if you're reading through it regularly, one, you're reminding yourself, like, what you can and can't do, and two, okay, now I can do different species in Pugmire,
4: which may be a problem. Yeah, a good example of that is when we unlocked Monarchies of Mao as part of the King's Miner, because originally it was just Pugmire, and then we added monarchies, and eventually we'll add pirates. Um, Story Beth Nexus we'll get huge unlocks when we do Trinity and Dystopian Rising and things like that. And then eventually uh, Dragon and Mass of the Mythos for Scion will get added Mm -hmm. to that. Right. So that specific part of the Nexus. Yeah. Hey. Some years ago I did character creation, a couple of scenarios for the, the original White Wolf material, which I'm looking at now and I'm thinking can I put this into you know, the Storyteller Vault? So like Vampire the Masquerade? Right. And yeah. yeah, you can totally now, do that. Yep. Where do I go specifically to find like uh, examples that I don't have to really invest a whole lot of money and time in to be able to see if, if this is something I really want to pursue before actually making a commitment to it? Well, first thing I would do is join the Storyteller's Vault Facebook group, Mm -hmm. get get to know the community and just explore the website and look for Mm -hmm. similar things. Or if there are nothing like that, go on the Facebook group and say, hey, I'm thinking about publishing this kind of thing, Is this thing that's cool, and you'll get as many opinions as there are members of the group. only just that. Some of them will be, you guys can confirm this, some of them, the same person will have conflicting opinions in the same post.
6: <laughs> it's true. Heard about that.
4: Um, <laughs> what is popular? Uh, what, what, the, what are people asking for? Uh, adventures across the board. Mm-hmm. Storytellers Vault, Scion, Scarred Lands, uh, Pugmire, everybody wants adventures. DM's Guild uh, adventures sell the best, and that's bleeding into uh, Scarred Lands adventures are outselling everything by a huge mm-hmm. amount. Um, and that applies, right now, that applies across every community
3: content program on DriveThru. Well, uh, even on DriveThru old. also has charts that, that do what's number you know, what's hot. So yeah, you can look at the hottest seller list on. and most popular. And you can mm-hmm. also click
4: the tab that says Reviews, mm-hmm. and you can see what people are getting excited about. Mm-hmm. And you know, what are, you know, is price determined by the creator? Yep, yep, Yep. And the biggest recommendation I have for pricing any community content is look at similar stuff. Mm-hmm. And if there is nothing similar, that's what the community is for. They'll give you advice. It's not always good advice,
5: but... You
4: you get what you pay for.
6: It's a a grain of salt advice. You um, You can take it into consideration and go from there.
4: The community has really uh, set the price threshold already for themselves. Mm -hmm. Some stuff is overpriced, and it doesn't sell as much. Some stuff is underpriced, and the community will say, hey, you need to charge more because this is awesome. Or this is 1,100 pages. That, That happened with
6: Scion launch, so...
3: Well, he had a very specific
6: reason for it. There was a very specific reason, for very specific reason right. and when he oh, explained it, reason made it made a lot of sense. sense. So. But he did a PhD program in Cork,
3: Ireland
5: now,
7: which he got in right after. Producing
6: that.
4: Oh, cool. So, yeah.
7: yeah. I don't
5: know if it was connected, but it's still pretty close. Cool. It'd be funny if that was like what he submitted to yeah. get into the program. Here's my science <laughs> supplement. Let me get a PhD. He actually said some of it was. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say,
4: uh, because it's an OXPATH
5: path um,
3: committee. Uh, panel uh, despite that most of our people put the stuff up all over the place uh, we actually don't run Oxpath does not run or administrate the storytellers Vault yeah so it's that's entirely that's white, like wolf. white wolf and, and then drive drive through thing now Matt happens to coordinate that so you can get answers but there are several people here who have published across right. the board um,
4: on different programs yep. but um, I mean uh, I've said it before, but the community groups on Facebook, and there's some discords mm-hmm. and other things that people younger than me are into. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the Twitters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it of it. But, <laughs> it, but connect with other people that are creating stuff that's similar to yours, because they'll tell you where they screwed up.
5: For sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. There's,
3: so on that note, between the difference of White Wolf versus Onyx Path mm-hmm. um, I've i noticed that a lot of the Storyteller Vault stuff has, is OG like Classic World of Darkness um, whereas I have a much stronger interest in like the Chronicles of Darkness stuff Great. Requiem and everything like that is that something that goes through Onyx Path no, or is that storyteller all Vault that's still storyteller um, Vault
4: but I will say uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on storyteller Vault but Requiem stuff is the best selling content on that site yeah So uh, there's a lot of Vampire the Masquerade voices in that community, but the best-selling stuff is on Requiem. Good to know. Yeah. Well, and
5: I think, again, not to take too much time on it, I think a lot of that's because uh, everything up to V5, that ground (laughs) is pretty well tread. (laughs) So aside from your your, I-want-to-do-my-neighborhood-by-night books, not a whole lot of ground to cover. Whereas Chronicles of Darkness still has a lot of Open. breathing room yeah. to, to fill out things that people want. Yeah. I have a logistics question. Yeah. Um, so do you have, because of Trinity continuum being so. Continuum is. Continuum. Continue. No. Um, do you have a strategy in mind for how that's, Going to roll out versus the ten poles.
4: It's being vigorously discussed. Yeah, we'll we'll say (laughs) discussed.
5: There There are aggressive negotiations taking place. Continuum
4: of opinion. (laughs) (laughs) How we're going to roll that out? Continuum Um, applies. There's evolution. (laughs) Uh, So the big ten poles for the Trinity Continuum are, of course, uh, Aeon. Adventure, Aberrant, and other stuff we haven't announced yet. And the core. And the core, which is set in the next year. like right. It's, it's a, a very modern...
5: Ten minutes from
4: now. Yeah. <laughs> and the, one of the ideas is that people will be able to do stuff in between those. Right. And we are currently figuring out where the lines are. and And not only that, how to explain it as a guideline and, right. a, and part of the fact, and things like that. Because we have a pretty good idea of what we want, but how do we communicate that information into an actionable plan?
5: Right. As, Especially because these, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've seen of the development so far, uh, like with what's rolled out with the aberrant Kickstarter and things like that, um, everything is... You've got kind of your star um, add-on, your star bolt-on to the core. You know, yep. it's uh, Nova's and Aberrant, S- uh, Scion's and Anne. But those are all present throughout the continuum. And those system-wise, those can all be bolted at any point in the history. So where do you draw those lines and yeah. how do you tackle that? And um, we're going
4: to... We're going to roll out some guidelines and recommendations for how to present that information. Um, one of the things we're discussing is a specific icon for uh, variant timeline. Okay. So if you change history in your adventure, there might be a, a specific logo to indicate this is not part of the main timeline. Right. But because time travel does exist, you can
3: go nuts and have fun with all of these well, different things. We, we know at least one person.
4: But that We're could be, so that, could, be more than, that could actually be part of the adventure. Right. Right. Is new time travel tech yeah. Yeah. changes things
3: and how that plays out.
5: You project yourself and holographically into someone's past.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, we don't we <laughs> we, 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 really don't wanna, we don't want to we don't to limit people's fun and creativity with this sort of things beyond what we need to do. It's, it, this is just a, a much wider topic uh, for, for because it is the continuum because we're not 100% sure how to phrase it in such a way that it's not slamming doors in people's faces but just providing guidelines so that it yeah. still sounds like it's fun and, and, and is, is enjoyable. Sometimes you read guidelines and you, it just sucks all the air out of the room. And even past that I want to empower creators to right. be able to
4: present their Variant material to to a buying audience that understands what they're getting,
5: right? Because they don't want to you don't want the customer side to get confused as to what's going on. Because like yeah. Scion, relatively straightforward. This X, Y, and Z is happening. Right. There's a there's a clear path. Same can be said for you know they came from even you know what I mean. Um, but with AN it's so exactly. I mean that's that's one of
4: the great things about the the, the Trinity. Uh, lines, but we also want people shopping on Storypath Nexus to know what they're getting. Right. So how can we help creators present right. their material in a way that explains that, that isn't um, confusing for both the creator and the customer? <laughs>
3: right.
4: yeah. So a follow-up question to that. Um, what is OnTap doing to support
7: the marketing? Obviously, as a content creator, you have to know how to market your own content. Um, you have to be able to get it from people that will purchase it. Um, but it can be helpful with the
4: Fox um, Path to doing some sort of support for marketing. Yeah, um, one I of the look. neat things we're doing right now is uh, every week we're doing an interview with a, a Shund on the Scarblands actual page, not just the um, community content group. It's a, the actual brand page is doing an, a creator interview every week throughout the summer to spotlight not just this week's adventure, but the other stuff course, this person has worked on as well. Um, like when Bill Bodden uh, did his interview, he had previously published a, a Scarlands thing so they talked a little bit about that as well so it, mm-hmm. it showed the breadth of his work on the community content and we're tracking the engagement of that kind of uh, spot, author spotlight and we're going to roll that out into other things as well or variations of it um,
3: I think there's a variety of things we can do, a lot of that Falls back to the, the creator to reach out. Sure. Um, if you're uncomfortable with your voice being heard, you probably don't want to do like a casty thing. <laughs> if you, if you don't want to be, you know, like, do it. I mean, you we could have connections on our Twitch channel. We want to we do this adventure that we're gonna that we're, we've either put up or we want to put up. We're actually gonna play through it. I right. we'll Love that. Um, okay. if, if then you contact Travis and say, hey, you know, and would I, you put this up that we. Uh,
5: just to to fill
3: our channel. Right.
5: And, uh, every
3: Wednesday when we do our new,
4: we release a new product every Wednesday, no matter what. Sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's t-shirts, sometimes it's sometimes posters. We made five minutes earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, part, of that, part of that blog post that goes up with whatever we're releasing, we also have a list of every new community content project mm-hmm. that went up There's a little section for Canis Minor, another one for Sergeant Vault, and now we've just added StoryPath Path to that. So every single week, whatever new community content goes up is going to be on our blog. Plus, we'll expand that out with feature pages on the brand pages, Twitch, uh, and now Matthew's doing Onyx Path news on you, our YouTube channel. Yep. Um, so we're gonna we're looking at different ways we can talk about like whether that's once a month, here's a community roundup, or um, here's a. This episode's about Beth Nexus content. This one's about Bugmire Uh content. We're still experimenting a bunch on that, but we've got a couple of regular features already um, that are working out pretty well.
5: Well, and I I can't speak for any of the other land developers, but I know that if I'm looking to hire somebody for Scarred the first place I'm looking is Soleration Vault because I want to make sure that they know Scarred Lands and Five E.
3: That's another plus you know? to, to the whole community <laughs> yeah. content. Thing. It yeah. becomes a it becomes a way to audition yeah. um, for the companies that are you know that you're writing things up for their IPs. Right,
5: and there's sure. st- there's still rules. There's still you know submission process that you go through. There's still thing you know things you have to do. Generally speaking, to get your foot in the door, but that is often going to be if a company has a community content line, that's going to be where they're going to be looking for Yeah, because it acts as a
4: writing sample. alive right. Not just uh, that you're passionate about the project, but uh, that you know the system or the setting, but also, for me, it shows that you can bring a project from start to
5: finish. Right, you have the follow through yeah. to get to the end of it. And that's another thing, too. Even if, you know, that's not to say throw up your uh, adventure on Slurition Vault and wait for me to call you. Um, you know, put it together and then if you're looking for that for work at the freelance level, shoot an email, file, go to the site, look at the submission guidelines, shoot an email, and in that email add a, a link to your product. And say, here's, here's what, it's one more thing, one more barrier that you can uh, just hop on your own. You know, because if you're really good you know, again, speaking strictly from a Scarlands perspective, you know, if you're really good at writing Vampire the Masquerade stuff, that's on the uh, Storyteller's Vault. That doesn't—I mean, it tells me you can finish a product, but it doesn't tell me, you know, squat about Fifth Edition or about Scarlands, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you say
4: you have like templates and artwork. Does that include things like fonts? It depends on the—it depends on the book. So, well, yeah. what I'm looking at, um, say, uh, Mage all the uh, various um, traditions, the logo for their traditions, yeah. you know, I've found some of them because I know that they come from, you know, old alchemical uh, symbology and i found fonts for that, but are there specific fonts that have been, you know, Yeah, some, of, some of the fonts have been released as part of the community content template. Mm-hmm. Some have not because of proprietary ownership rules mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh, single-use licensing and things you, like there's a few fonts we could not and and white wolf and even Wizards of the coast could not grant community access to because they only have a license for that one publication um, but the, the ones that we could we,
5: we gave them out and there's a ton of uh, free graphic resources that so some of those things aren't just aren't presented as a font but they're presented as a as a graphic resource like if you go to the mage, all of your um, they're, they're all vector spheres are, are, there in, yeah, are there. I know there? on
4: like um, DM's Guild and um, Canis Minor, when we didn't release a font, we recommend we made a recommendation for a font that's similar, mm-hmm. right. that's pretty close, and is either licensable or free. Mm-hmm.
6: Um, and the, and the <laughs> templates also have a style guide in them yep. for the like the official templates do. So what you can do also is find the font from there because it'll say style one style two style three
4: and if it's if it's a font that's not licensable we'll have either just switched to something else or made recommendations yeah. for something right, that looks good
5: i think so we i think in scarred Lands we've caught a couple people have been confused because there's one of the fonts that's used in the book that is proprietary we right. can't we yeah. can't sub So we that.
4: recommended a, right. a font that's and that can, similar and it still
5: feels like the original. Right. And that can confuse people, but that's because you know, it's the same reason why you use was it, Modesto instead of Tiamat because you can't use Tiamat. Right. <laughs> you
3: know? yep. Yeah. I don't want to say that, like, back in the day at White Wolf, we, you know, used fonts just because we found fonts.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: did,
3: did, did, didn't necessarily check on if they were licensable or not
5: it was the 90s you could get away with a lot of things uh, away with we, some of those are obsolete <laughs> some of those things are breaking
3: or broken hardly exist yeah. really anymore but it evolved yeah. So, well, yeah I'm just saying back in the day when other people were in charge
7: weren't
3: you in charge? I was not in charge of the company Choosing layout and whatnot. Choosing, choosing layout, yeah, yeah, and then choose their fonts for them. <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. Yeah. I see where it is. People, when people would come as designers for us, and they would have fonts in their designer because they're freelancers, so they'd have all these fonts. We've got to go and check every one of their licenses to make sure they're legit. <laughs> we we're putting busy putting out. What did we say? It was eight products a month. Yeah. Now we're a little more militant about stuff like that. Right. Yeah, Mike Cheney is actually, actually absolutely vigilant and has actually found fonts from the old days where he'll go, That's not legit. Nope, nope. I don't want, I don't want us getting in trouble. <laughs> okay, we won't use it in the, in the yeah. vault then.
4: That's I safe. don't know
5: how he has time and, and mental processing power. We don't
4: ask those questions. Right. Probably better yeah. you don't know.
3: He's, he's powered by pictures of puppies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and,
6: and so, so, with fonts, don't pirate fonts. Yeah,
3: kind of stuff. Fine. Just use,
4: please don't use the stuff we recommend, or um, find something similar that looks cool that is licensable or free. Because there's a ton of great free fonts. Mm-hmm. Some of them are awesome.
5: Uh, and um, yes, my name is Terry, and I'm a fontaholic. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot. There's there are places within the community where you'll find someone will take and they'll do like a font breakdown of what the actual, what was used in the, in the books. Yeah, and pretty close. What with, uh, yeah, what the best yeah. recommend. And
4: on DriveThruRPG, in the stock art section, there's a couple of guys that have created fonts that they license out. Yeah. So there's some really cool stuff, especially some fantasy um, and horror fonts that are only available on DriveThruRPG, but you can the license they grant
5: specifically allows you to use them in community content. And if you check in the guidelines, I'm not 100% familiar with where, where they're at in uh, StoryPath Nexus in terms of gr- creating graphic assets. But, like, I know that, um, like, with uh, DMs Guild, because there was so little Ravnica assets, some creators had basically created their own, but wound up having to work with wizards to make sure that they were different, different enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, I mean, there may be some places where you see an, an opportunity to create graphic assets and can do so and release them through these other programs as well. You know, if you're like, oh, it'd be neat if we had, uh, you know, different medallions for the Vigils of Ash or something like yeah. that. You know, yeah, there's that would be cool. all of, like, three, I think, in the, in the book or something like that. Yep. Matt, I
7: think you made a good point for people to remember, too. Like, you don't have to use the assets that are just in that space. If you have, um, um, you go to drive through and you stock art or use stock art from anywhere else in the web, you yep. can use those in your products. Um, I know some people get tunnel vision and they're like, these are the assets I have and I, don't, I have nothing else. And so, no, go out and find stock art. It's good stock art. It's much better than just reusing the same.
4: Yeah, we, we released a, a art collection from Cyan Origin as a tool to get people started. We're not saying you have to only use that because that would get pretty... Repetitive after a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, a set of art to get you started, and it also helps set the tone. This yes. is the kind of cool art we're looking for. So go on drive-through, go on um, Deviant Art, make deals with artists that do similar stuff. Or if you're doing a variant, like a Dark Scion type, um, um, Death God, uh, whatever, and you you need stuff that's similar to Origin but ha- features. More themes based on your writing. Well, you find artists to work with that do that kind of thing.
6: If you're if you're looking for examples, the guys from Darker Days Radio put out community content, and their cover art is just fantastic. Yeah, Chris does a fantastic job with them, and he has he carries the theme a certain type of theme because it's through Darker Days, um, but each cover is also encapsulates what it's being written about. So he, he, so that's a really great example of you don't have to take the stock art cover. <laughs> There's a group uh, making Scion a uh, Norse
4: um, Pantheon uh, yep. community content series, and they're bringing in new artists, and they're giving them the art from Origin and Hero as guidelines, but they want all new art, especially for their covers. And they're saying it needs to feel like this, but have even more Norse influence based on this legend and that legend. Um, and that's a very cool thing to do. And the, the the thing about community content art is it is not reusable by creators. Text is, so somebody could take your relic and put it in an adventure, yeah. um, but they could not take art without a specific license
5: right. for and, that. And the art requires, you know, if you're getting custom art, it generally requires a level of investment, but that investment will generally see. Uh, a return if you're, you know, purchasing quality art. And there's, there's a bunch of projects that do art. a mix.
4: Somebody will use mm-hmm. a, a piece or two from the art pack we released and they'll commission a couple of pieces and do a nice blend that way. Mm-hmm. We've got a but, upcoming... And I think that's a, that's a great way to do it, especially if you're using, say, uh, one of the signature characters. Why not use their official piece of art um, right. when
3: they're in your text? it all depends what works for you for your product right. too so like if you're if you just want to get your ideas out there I don't even care about the art I just want to get it so people can read it pop it in the, in the format boom, 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 simplest thing and get it out there if you're just like I would love to be able to kind of have a little cottage industry where I'm putting out these things that I really like making and I want to get some money back for it too so I want that sort of thing and you want to be competitive on your pricing and stuff you also want to be competitive on what you look like you know yeah. the, the market is it, it, it's a little forgiving, but there are there are moments where I'm not going to pay that much if there's no art in this thing. I'm not going to pay that much if I don't know what these, this this scene looks like anymore, or if it's all black or white. Except, but it's I want color because that's what the market is is providing for that price.
5: So, well, yeah, yeah, you can have the best adventure, and you throw it up in an unformatted word doc, and no one's going to know that you wrote the best adventure. Right. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's what people are used to reading. So if they're used to reading, you know, the, the, the main book, and it's, it's formatted a certain way, and it's got a certain look, and it's got certain art, and it's got certain graphics, the closer you are to that, the easier it is for them to immediately go, oh, yeah, this is all part of it. I love this. You know? Yeah, and we are going to be releasing more art packs over time. Uh, Mike and I are working on a new
4: Scarred Lands art pack that's going to go up pretty soon. Um a uh, little bit of Blood Sea but some other stuff in there too fortunately we have a lot of old uh, yeah. um, scrolling. and then we're eventually going to unlock some more uh, Scion art we have one pack right now I think and mm-hmm. half of another one started mm-hmm. um, and then we've got Heroes of the World coming out next week and uh, we just released a jump start for that so that we've got other art that we're going to pick and choose what we unlock for the community mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, the the other thing that I did is I did a, a relics pack for Scion for the launch. I took photos of my LARP props and I put filters over them. <laughs> like it took me all of like fifteen minutes. I had it I set it up in my kitchen, took photos of it with my camera, with my my iPhone, and just threw it up on my computer. I got GIMP, which is free, threw threw a couple of layers on it, put it out as a PDF and stuck it in in, or put it as a JPEG, stuck it in my PDF. So, I mean, you don't... You, if you have really cool things around your house or scenery or something, you can take a picture, remaster it, throw it in there.
4: Just just so, be careful you're not uh, doing a picture
5: of something that's... Got its own trademarks attached own to it. Trademarks. Oh yeah, no, yeah.
6: <laughs> this is all stuff that I, I I made myself. So
4: so it looks like we're wrapping up here. Um, two things: can I get your tickets? And we've got some handouts here if you're interested. And uh, thanks everybody very much.
0: And we're back.
1: <sighs>
0: Welcome to the outro. We did not get a sponsorship. In the interim,
1: no, I've been doing damage control. KFC called me while we were doing the panel, and uh, they're very unhappy. Yeah, did we
0: would... did, did, did the colonel come up, come to your house?
1: Yes, he did. Frankly,
2: I'm alarmed because, <laughs> as we know, as we know, these intro and outros are pre recorded. They're not going out live, so that means the colonel is has wiretapped my house, or or more accurately, ZenCaster, and is hearing everything <laughs> I'm recording. Uh, so back off. KFC, we don't <laughs> we don't want your sponsorship anymore. We I just have... talked
1: them down and now you're aggravating the situation again. Do
0: well, you expect any less from the Colonel? The Colonel is always watching you.
2: Mm, is... It feels more like extortion to me.
0: It's <laughs> kind of like the Burger King King commercials where you would wake right. up and the King would be in bed with you, only he's just listening to all of your communications.
2: Now, is the Burger King King supposed to be um, Henry Winkler? I don't, I don't think so. See, uh, I, I don't know, uh, but I remember the first time I saw the Burger King King's face, and uh, he's probably just the Burger King, but I prefer the Burger King King. <laughs> and I remember seeing the, the mask the first time and thinking, Oh, that looks a bit like the Fonz with a beard." Does it? I'm
0: well, maybe I'm I... wrong.
2: I, I don't mind. I don't mind being wrong about this. Uh, kind of does. Really not... Yeah,
0: it's real creepy. Hmm. Either way
2: uh so yeah how about community content
1: how about community content <laughs> i mean it, it was it was cool that we got a chance to uh do a panel at GenCon about it because even though we've been doing it for a couple of years now um i still think a lot of people don't really know that a it's a thing that exists at all even with the dm's guild and b that it's something that people could do for on path products specifically mm-hmm. um and, and i mean we to be fair the two we have until very recently, we have been primarily D and D adjacent. So, it's if you don't play in the D and D space, the DM's Guild space, you probably aren't aware of our of our Scarlet Lands uh, version or our Pugmire version. Right. But now with um, uh, uh, the Story Path Nexus, you know it's like oh, now you actually start playing with uh, the games that are built with the Onyx Path House system. That's a whole new kind of thing. And so, people who maybe are familiar with the Storytellers Vault side maybe are a little familiar with it and aware of it. But still, it's it's not. It was not as well known as i thought and so being able to i didn't go to this panel but i did talk to people like during the show and a lot of people were surprised like oh we can make scion content it was just something a lot of people didn't seem to be aware of so yeah. it was good to have a panel to kind of go through the fundamentals of what this is how you can be involved with it and just get people excited about it so
0: i will say that if you're going to do community content for us um community content for us i got real slurry there uh (laughs) much like with our submissions guidelines we always kind of harp on make sure you read the rules first um we're pretty open about what you can and can't do uh and if 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 in doubt like feel free to post it somewhere but for the most part everything's covered in those rules like here's what you can do here's what you can't do here's the systems you can do stuff for here's the ones you can't do things for etc um they may change in the future obviously as more things get released but currently like Whatever the guidelines are, please follow them, because the one thing I hate is having to, like, take something down right after it goes up, because it didn't follow the guidelines, much like when we get a submission that's, you know, 10,000 words, and I'm like, well, not hiring you, because I'm not reading that, like, I don't have time.
1: Yeah, or even like a few times uh, recently, uh, I've had a rash of people who will send me uh, submissions, and there's there's no disclosure form, and say I can't even read this. It's just, you put a lot of hard work, something I can't even look at. Because is this
2: is this uh, are these people sending them to you directly or to the Onyx Path mailbox?
1: No, uh, to the Onyx Path mailbox. Um uh, see, I've, is I've, I've open... had a
2: rash of people contacting me personally. I don't know whether it's oh, really? recent convention appearances or what. Uh, but yeah or it might be the YouTube channel or the Twitch channel, I don't know but I've yeah suddenly been, been been getting messaged and contacted via MatthewDawkins.com there you go, I don't need to say that later uh, <laughs> with, with people's writing samples or ideas they want me to look over and, and honestly the best way to do it is to submit it to Onyx Path if it is for Onyx Path if it's for me just ask first whether i want to and uh, the likely answer and it isn't because i'm mean is no uh, because i'm generally working on my own stuff and there is always the risk that i might read your work i might like it i might not but even if i don't i might per- peripherally uh, pick some of it up and yeah. <laughs> use it in my own writing and mm-hmm. i don't want to do that uh, unintentionally or otherwise
0: Yeah, I don't read a lot of the, like, Storyteller's Vault stuff for, say, Exalted for that reason. Because if we're going to be working on a book and someone's doing, like, a kind of their own version of that same splat or power, I don't want to accidentally, like, get that in my head. I I feel like I had something with with that too with Scion recently where, like, something... Oh, yeah, there was this big, long, like, Tumblr thread going around for a while that was about uh, Valhalla and, like, kind Mm -hmm. of a, a more modern interpretation of it. Um, luckily I had already written (laughs) The Underworlds for Scion because otherwise I would have probably ended up accidentally doing that version it was a really cool version and I was like oh my version's kind of similar but like it's definitely not the same thing and I'm like I'm really glad I didn't read that first because it it really is There, there have been examples like over the years that I've seen where someone's like you read something years ago and it like completely subconsciously influence something that you write today mm-hmm. and then you'll see like someone will be like oh they plagiarized this from this and the person's going like i didn't even remember that i read that i am yep. so sorry i was not trying to plagiarize it like it i thought it was a cool idea but i hadn't read it in 20 years
1: so you know yeah there was actually um an example of that a few years ago um i forget which game did it which is probably for the best but um uh they put a Part is a superhero game, and they put a table in there about various different um, uh, origins you can have. You mm-hmm. can roll randomly on it. Um, and someone pointed out that actually that table was pretty much lifted directly from Village Vigilantes. Oh. Um, and basically, what happened was the person probably copied it out of Village of Vigilante for their home game, which, you know, and then used it for years in their home game and said, Oh, this is a useful table. I'll go ahead and put it into the game I'm writing. You know, not intentional, but it does sometimes happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's very very easily done, honestly, and uh, most of the time it's done through the be- with the best of intentions, uh, as mm-hmm. all things on the road to damnation. But hopefully, <laughs> we're not on that road yet.
1: Hopefully, well, if it's stop
2: KFC, we might be. Well, uh, well, I guess they have various drive-ins. Is it drive-in? No, drive-throughs. Drive-throughs. So uh, that's, that's on. it uh, could be on a road to damnation. Do you think on the road to damnation there's a KFC drive-through? What fun!
1: <laughs> KFC on one side, McDonald's on the other. Yeah, yeah. Pick I mean, your y'all don't think it's just dinner. all
0: Chick Fil A? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think I think it is definitely more than appropriate to call them out. Uh, <laughs> we as...
0: don't want your sponsorship, Chick Fil A. No, yeah, no.
2: We'll take the colonel over you any day. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no one, no one cares. Chick Fil A aren't listening. But you know, if you ever do, if anyone who listens, anyone who works for Chick Fil A is listening to this right now, we don't want your sponsorship. Stick your fried chicken. We'll go where the food is better. At what? What's a place with good food? St. Elmo's uh, place Coffee in Indianapolis. Place. There you go.
0: Harry and Izzy's?
2: <laughs> Harry and Izzy's, we'll do that. Yeah, the one with the prawn cocktails.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can be true, vague. Yeah.
0: <laughs> If you ever find yourself in Indianapolis, go to Harry and Izzy's, get a St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail, and don't eat too big of a bite at one time because your head okay, will no. explode.
2: I, I, I do love sitting opposite Neil when he's eating those. Because, because he cries. He cries
0: like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> because he likes to put an entire, like shrimp covered in... Okay, I, I've, I've, got, I've got to describe this now. Harry and Aziz cocktail sauce, the like St. Elmo's cocktail sauce, looks like just chunks of horseradish in like a <laughs> vaguely red sauce. Like, it yep. is 98% horseradish. Magma. Um, And Neil Price likes to take the largest bite he possibly can, so he ends up putting what must be half a horseradish root in his mouth at once and then he turns red and he tears up and he sweats and he pounds on the table and you're just like what why would you do that like
2: yes eat eat half a piece
0: like do yes you put so
2: much prawn in your mouth you are burning your sinuses out so
0: yeah
2: oh well good way to get rid of a cold
0: true yeah whenever i get (laughs) a cold i usually get sushi and just eat a lot of wasabi Mm. so well this is a fun outro yes (laughs) yes All right.
2: uh, well, uh, b- before before we oh, go, before okay. we do the sign-off, I wanted to do one little <laughs> thing about st- um, the community content. Specifically, oh. Uh, oh, oh. I wanted, wanted to do oh, a couple of wait. shout-outs.
0: Wait, you want to be on topic? Okay, go for it.
2: Yeah, what? no, fancy that first time <laughs> in 50 episodes.
1: <laughs> Almost you 70 episodes, Matthew. Yeah, Seventy that, you know, episodes, I 70 I, I literally. 50, so.
2: Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I was on track for the first 20. <laughs> and just kind of veered off road at some point. Either way uh, I really got to give a shout out to uh, Travis Leg and the entire team that's been working on the Solarisian Vault content uh, for the mm-hmm. Vengeance of the Shunned campaign. Uh, there is so much fantastic Scarred Lands content going up on the Solarisian Vault right now and pretty damn regularly as well mm-hmm. it's Brilliant production quality, the writing is excellent, and if you're a big fan of adventure paths like I am, and I am for various games, I played Shackled City in the Age of Worms for, I think, 3.5 D&D and Pathfinder and a bunch of the Pathfinder ones, I as I've mentioned on here before, run horror on the Orient Express for Call of Cthulhu and the Vengeance of the Shunned is a big adventure path for uh, Scarred Lands which I believe is going to take characters all the way from 1st level through to 20th. I think the source books that are up there right now are around the 10th and 11th level so undoubtedly there will be more to come but I think it's such a brilliant entryway to the Scarred Lands campaign setting and also d 5th edition mm-hmm. if, you, if you want a really gripping campaign setting and some really well thought out adventures that are all being developed in sync by all these fantastic writers do check out Vengeance of the Shunned it is community content of the highest calibre in my opinion
1: And related to that, actually, um, uh, Travis also was the organizer for um, Morty Corgi's Scroll of Mysteries, um, which is an 80-page source book for Pugmire. And that's actually pretty huge for community content books. Usually community content is a pretty slim PDF. So to have an 80-page document with a a huge cast of writers and to got a custom art piece for the cover and the whole nine yards. So, I mean, he definitely is is helping to organize a lot of really exciting projects on the community program, community Mm -hmm. content space.
0: And if you're interested in more official Scarred Land stuff, we are currently running the Scarred Lands Creature Collection Kickstarter. So yes. I will drop a link to that in the show notes. Um, it's very, very cool. The art and I think the layout, maybe, is by our friends at Handiwork Games. So we're running yes. it in partnership with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks really, really cool. So if you're interested in... I mean, honestly, you could, you, you could use the Creature Collection for other games, too, it doesn't have to be Skardlands, and I love the way that they've, like, color-coded all the threat levels and yes. made it just a really easy book to navigate. I was a little yeah, worried like at first. Huh? Yeah, like, I almost had a concern, but I was like, oh, is this going to be a- accessible for colorblind folks? Mm-hmm. Um, But they have both the coloring and the like actual CR written in it, like 1 to 5 or 6 to 10 or
1: whatever, so it's very cool. Right, and they also have along the edge um, the different uh, uh, terrains that the monster can be found in. So if you're in a particular area, you can just flip to the color-coded tab and say, okay, this is a forest creature, so you can flip through and just find different ones that Have the forest tab on the side of the page. some really mm-hmm. cool stuff happening.
0: Which is both done with color and a symbol, so yeah. once again, accessible, yep. which I was worried about, mm-hmm. so that was awesome. Uh, so very very cool. So if they want to find you, Eddie, online, where can they? Where can people do so?
1: Uh, you can find me at uh, pugstudy and on that website, there's links to my various social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Matthew.
2: They can find me on MatthewDawkins.com They can contact me on there as well There's all my links to my various social media presences as well and before I pass over to Dixie one more community content shout out I'm sorry, but it's worth it StoryPath Nexus, it's got a load of Scion content on there Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Heath, uh, I'm calling this one out in particular because I have read it and I like it Uh, It's uh, Josh Heath's work on the many names of Heimdall which is, um, it basically expands the Aesir, uh pantheon for, mm-hmm. uh, for Scion because Heimdall is a multifaceted deity, aren't we all? But <laughs> it, it comes with a whole bunch of uh, purviews, knacks, all kinds of wonderful things that you can use to just expand your Scion game. And it only costs, I think it's less than $3 so josh is a perennial favorite in community content and we we hire him for other books too but uh his work on scion in the uh, story path nexus is really great so do check it out
0: very cool you can find me at dixiecochran.com or at if on most social media uh, you can find us at the onyxpath on twitter uh, we have a discord which i'll drop the link to again in the show notes because i like seeing new people in there um and yeah yeah. have fun make some community content make some money enjoy yourselves as always many worlds one pathcast